welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about craft beer and video games. I'm your host, Adil, and this week I'm joined by Lucy. Just me. Okay. Hi. It's a Will Smith episode for us, too. As withers, um, whatever you want. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Whichever version of the song you like. It, uh, I can't remember. Sure. It's at some point Ben and I started calling them Will Smith episodes, and they just stuck. Naturally, right. you probably never hear us saying that because we would only say that if it was Ben and I. Uh, so the whole nameology is predicated on you well, not being there. But I agree. It is the you have the correct version in your um we can be you you and ben can be the will smith episode because mm. that's the lamer version of yeah, we'll be the, the and we'll be the bill with us episode. i love it <laughs> um rolls are right off the tongue oh, yeah, bill withers <laughs> episode <laughs> um it's been a couple of weeks because i got the horrible covid um and ben got a wonderful new child which is worse? You decide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't met the new child. I assume she's lovely. Yes. Um, Far better than COVID, I'm sure. Yeah, but how you been? Yeah, I've been alright. Um, hot. Uh, but managing to play one or two games, so... The world hasn't completely fallen apart and melted just yet, so... Yeah, it must have been really tough not being able to use your Steam deck because it was over yeah. 35 degrees. I mean, it already gets hot as it is. Um, I've just been making sure that, you know, at night it's not on anything flammable, just in case. So. That's fair. I mean, it shouldn't, if it's off at night, it shouldn't. No, yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's just like, as soon as I put it down after playing it, oh, it's right. like, I'm going to bed now. Um, yeah, you're like, I'll just put it on this plastic, hopefully that won't melt. Yeah. Um, it's either this Nothing this piece of plastic carpets. or this pile of kindling I have in my room for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, well, this bin full of nothing but cotton. Yeah. Uh, well, given that you are too warm, why don't you crack a beverage and tell us about it? Yeah. Uh, this is a beer which, unfortunately, me and you didn't get to have sauce at this time this year. Um, it is the 27th birthday of Cottridge Wines and they um, oh. happened, yeah, it was mid-July I think their birthday was, and they had um, yeah, it sounds they've about done right. a yeah, they've done a collaboration with Daya called Let Ooh. Me Know Pale Ale. Uh, it's got the storefront on the camera. Oh, very cool. Mm. Oh, that, that, that might be a keeper can. Yeah, um, something that you'll recognise going into, maybe not coming out of, <laughs> as you've been, as, as you've visited twice. Twice, yeah. There, I, but, I was yeah. gonna say I, I knew the birthday come by because my phone blinged with the memories from years mm. gone by. I'm like, I know where yeah. I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good times. And I think um, what was it, the last two years they didn't have birthday yeah. parties, obviously because of COVID. But um, uh, this time. They managed to do it, and it is a juiced pale ale brewed in collaboration with Cottridge Wine to celebrate their 21st birthday. Uh, here's to pioneers of the modern independent UK beer scene. Raise a glass. It's 5.8%. Um, oh, it's nice and hefty for a pale. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see if it's got any information of what hops are in it. No. I think, uh, well, they don't really 
put a lot of info on the cans anymore. But yeah, mm. yeah, it's um 500 mil. So we'll see what this is like. But yeah, that's what I've got. How about you? Uh, I've got. Uh, I love lamp. It's a pineapple Hefeweizen from Evil Genius, who um, are from Philadelphia. A German wheat beer with a Hawaiian twist. This refreshing German Hefeweizen got taken on a tropical vacation with the addition of natural pineapple flavor. Does this go against the German beer purity law? Yep. Is that the way we like it? Also, yep. Yeah. I always yep. enjoy Evil Genius's um, flavor text. Why I love lamp, though? Um... It's a pineapple in a lamp shape. Okay. It's, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, yeah. yeah. I just don't know the link there. Maybe it's something I'm missing. I haven't seen that film in ages. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anchorman, apparently. Yeah, Anchorman. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I don't really... I never... I, did, I love lamp. Is there pineapples involved? No, not that well, I remember. <laughs> no, not 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 getting the connection there. It's very strange. Okay. Yeah, well, listener, if you know, like keep it to yourself. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, engagement. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, comment below on why I should give a shit. Um, well, um, I'm gonna pour mine. Why don't you tell me about yours? It would help if I pour this. Um, I've got yellow cans today, so. Mm. Uh, it's like when you see a yellow truck and you share it or punch somebody or something. I can't remember what it is. Is that a thing here? We only ever had that with <sighs> yeah. VWs. Punch buggies, we used to call them. Oh, really? Well, you'd be doing that. There'd be a lot of dead arms in this country if you were. Shared it every time you see a Volkswagen. Well, specifically a bug. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, not, not, not many of those seen around these days. Um... Ooh, nice, fruity, tropical smell. Oh, tipped it a bit too much. Almost uh, tossed it down. Yeah, proper, proper tropical, very fruity. It's got that typical Dea smell that, you know, very fruit forward, mm. tropical nose on it. Looks good. I mean, it's just a block of colour, block of juice, um, as is typical with their beers. Uh, quite a bit of head. That's not dissipating. Oh, wow. It, is, it looks thick. Yeah. Um, it. Well, it looks thick, but I imagine it shouldn't be too thick when it was what? Okay, it's 5.8%, but hopefully. You know, it isn't just like a full-on, you know, juice bomb. Yeah. But yeah, it smells, it smells delightful. Yeah, fortunately, not too thick or viscous. It's got a nice, it's got a nice body to it, but it's not too thick. It's not too, it's not complete fruit juice that you're drinking. It's still got, you know, a bit of bite from the hops and the um, bit of bitterness to it. That's that's really nice though. Um, if you've had a day of beer, 
tastes like one of those. I don't know what quite distinguishes it from a lot of their other offerings, especially as I don't know what hops went into this, or, you know, if there's any different processes, or if it's just, you know, we're brewing this in Cottridge Wines and Aim and, you know, putting their name on it, but yeah, not really that distinguished from a lot of other day of beers, but... Mm. It tastes real good, though. Um, I'd probably say there's less fruit in it than most day of beers, which is nice. Um, it, it's still got that tropical fruity note to it, you know, mango, maybe a bit of papaya in it, but it's not all fruit. It's got a nice bit of bitterness at the end, uh, nice piney um, and resinous uh, taste to it as well. So, yeah, but it's just, it's just a really good beer for day. I mean... If they want to brew this in my name, which is <laughs> exactly the same beer, I would not be displeased about it. It's just it's a really good tasting beer. Nothing, nothing um, outlandish or extravagant about it, especially when it comes, you know, the day as usual offering. But yeah, it's nice. I like it. Nice. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um. Mine poured with a bit of head, but it disappeared really quickly. You can see it's Mm. a bit, sort of like a coppery, or it's a bit less coppery in person, a little more orangey yellow. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's clearly translucent. You can kind of see my finger go through it. Um, Ooh. Some, it's definitely Hefeweizen. You get that signature Hefeweizen tartness on the smell. The nose, if you will. I've done this before. Um, the pineapple is giving it this acidity. It's really quite unique. And some sweetness as well. So just... It, it, yeah, it's hard to describe. It's like, oh yeah, hefe... Because uh, it's just a, the, the extra acidity and that sweetness is really quite interesting. Um... Oh. 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 Ah. I'm going to let this settle and then have another sip. Okay. Um. Hmm. Pineapple that's There's definitely a wave of legit. Yep, that's pineapple. Um, And it kind (laughs) of happens by itself for a chunk. So that was the second. Oh. Um. You have a good pineapple chunk. Hmm. Maybe when it's on a pizza. Hmm. Contentious. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not someone who dislikes pineapple on pizza. Oh, Put I, anything on a pizza I, and I'll I, eat it, usually. I grew up, I think we had it quite often, um, which as, you know, growing up Muslim, we weren't having the mm. standard North American pineapple on pizza, but we still had pineapple. I can't remember what we had with it. And it was fine. It was one of our standard orders, and then kind of came out, fell out of favor. I don't understand why anyone cares that much about either. It's like yeah. this weird, meme nonsense. Um, it is, yeah. I think most people would be fine to have pineapple on pizza, probably like it, and if they don't, just be like, eh, well, that's just a topping I don't like. Yeah. Um, I'd rather, here's something mm. contentious, I'd rather have pineapple than maybe pepperoni on a pizza. I'm not a huge fan of pepperoni. I mean, I've had it a couple of times, but 
there was a brief moment in my life where like a couple of couple few years where I uh, was clearly non-practicing. <laughs> I realized I was non-practicing Muslim for most of my life and was like, why am I not just eating the pig? Um, and then before I became a vegetarian. And so I tried things like pepperoni occasionally, but it never did enough for me for me to seek it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know, yeah, I know how to make a good pizza and that, that ingredient entering the like potential ingredients list did not really mm-hmm. get used that much. Yeah, it's it's. I think a lot of the time it can be bad pepperoni, so that's probably a not good quality pepperoni. You just get it out of a packet. So, but yeah, no, not my favorite. Anyway, how's the beer? Um, yeah, so it's uh, the pineapple's doing quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. in the sense that like although the the nose had a bit of. Tradition, more traditional Hefeweizen um, notes. This, I'm, it, it, it's there, but it's the pineapple's kind of more strong, so it takes a while to f- notice the, um, have, the traditional Hefeweizen notes. And I think part of that is also just because they're, they're, that sort of Hefeweizen tartness is, is melding really well with, mm-hmm. with the acidity of the um, pineapple. Um, it's... If you don't like pineapple, you won't like this beer. But that's not to say that it's like a smack in the face of pineapple, but it is a pineapple beer, right? Um, yeah. As of my past getting... That's interesting getting... they managed to get pineapple in it, because pineapple is one of those very subtle flavors that seems to always get lost in beer. So. I wonder if it's, like I said, the fact that the Hefeweizen style lends itself really well. Like, I... mm-hmm. um, I'm getting a bit more um, malt... Um, and um, yeah, a little, 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 a bit more malt on the finish now that I've gotten used to things. I still the finish is kind of kind of aspartamey and um, pineapple-y. Like it, I think the the sweetness is just not doesn't is not strong enough. To, it's it's there, so you're like ah, oh, it's a bit sweet, but not strong enough to feel sweet. So I think that's why I'm, I'm feeling like it feels artificial. Because um, I think the the tin said that they put like legit pineapple in here, natural pineapple yeah. flavor. Yeah. Oh, flavor. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. I'm gonna have to report back later on how it settles, just because I have a feeling that my palate's gonna get quite used to the sort of the like the level of pineapple is here. But once I get used to it, I think maybe it'll feel less like this is a pineapple drink. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, sweet. Um, games. Yeah, why don't I have not played a lot in the past couple of weeks? Um, for some reason, COVID just made me not want to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought like, well, I'm supposed to take it easy, uh, so I can't, you know, do my photography or my philosophy work. Oh, you know, I could just maybe I'll just muck about and play games. But I just kind of let YouTube put me yeah, in a cocoon yeah. for for a week and then um and and then here you, i am you know what you know what's even worse though when sometimes you, you you know obviously in your case it's like me something very passive um just too wiped out to play video games sometimes it's even worse when it's like you're ill and you play a game then you forever associate that game that right. when you were ill um sometimes it's like Oh, sometimes it's like, 
Hmm. All right. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cozy time that got me through um, some crappy. Yeah, like I have fond memories about Animal Crossing and that chunk, that early chunk Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. But also, new things came out, and one, I'm not in the mood for that type of game generally. But also, because I have that association, even though it was my Uh like warm blanket of escapism, it's still my warm blanket of escapism. I use specifically when I was trapped in a house. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it can go both ways. You can have fun memories of it, or you can have like the complete opposite. I don't want to touch that thing. Ever yeah. Again. Uh, um, so, why don't you tell me about a game that you've been playing? Um, I've I played Escape Simulator. No, no, not Escape Simulator. Oh, I, I've Escape Academy. Yeah, I was going to say the the <laughs> Game Pass game, right? Mm-hmm. I have I downloaded it. It was going to be one of the games that I was going to play on my week off of co- while I had COVID, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I installed it. It's a good one because it's very. It just gets the brain working just a little bit. Um, it's not really too challenging. Like, could you give a quick that... uh, rundown for viewers who might not? Yeah, know? yeah. It's basically imagine a uh, you're an escape room. Um, there are, there are tons of these games, like sort of on mobile and stuff like that, Escape the Room kind of thing. I mentioned Escape Simulator, which is a game on Steam um, that I have. Mm. It's a similar kind of deal. Uh, the better thing about that is that it's got community-made levels, so it's like... Oh, we keep content. going, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> one I just jumped into um, on Escape simulator <laughs> was um someone like made a stargate uh escape room and it's like got open the stargate but anyway um escape academy um is yeah it's 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 an assets version of an escape room um obviously in video game form you can get away with different things like there's a level where there's like Every level has a timer, and in this one, the timer is literally like water rising up through the floor, and it's like, okay, you couldn't do that in a practical setting because, um, you know, things would get wet and people may drown. But in a right. video game, it's all practical, so things are a little bit more bombastic than just a typical like escape room, which, admittedly, I've never done in my life because uh, screwed working with people. Um, you can. I've done <laughs> a couple, and yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not my idea of fun. Um, you can play this with a partner um, in co-op, but I just enjoyed it. Like, put on a podcast, um, chilled out, played it. Because, as I say, you don't really need to use your brain a lot. Um, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the puzzles are obviously the answers within the room, and it doesn't require too much outside knowledge or outside thought. It's um, everything's at your disposal in the rooms, but. I think there's 10 levels, um, and I probably got through it in about 5 hours. Uh, there wasn't any levels that I needed to repeat apart from one, because I was putting in a code, and I was like, this is the only thing that it can be, but what I realised is that my the curse of a hitbox on like one of the things that you had to press was quite wide, and it kept putting in the wrong number, and it was like... Oh, that's why, and I had to redo that. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, I didn't have to redo any of them, so the timers were generous. Um, 
it's one of those where it's like it's not taxing it's not asking a lot from you it doesn't it's not meant to be hard it's meant to be just the right amount of challenge where you know you can put on a podcast or, or something right. like that or you can you know have fun with the co-op partner and not kill them um because you know someone's just not getting part of the puzzle and it's like oh, okay you're an idiot or something like that right. it's, it's 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 breezy and um I think there's more levels coming, maybe in... I oh, think really? it might be paid... I think it, there's some paid DLC. I think there's a free update. I'm not sure what that is, but more levels are coming. It does very much seem like something that could be expanded on as, like, a... You know, with long content, like, in the terms of, like, a, like, like say, a Hitman game or something. Like, they got the structure, they got the... Um, you know, framework for it, and then can just add on different levels um, as it goes. That seems like a really good format for it in like now, small it, little puzzle box rooms. Yeah, is it? It has um, it has a narrative wrapping though, right? Like yeah, it, you're basically in the Hogwarts version of Escape Academy, Escape Room, <laughs> artists, or whatever it is. Is it so? Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, just based it's on dumb. the fact that you sort of said that with a scoff, I'm guessing it's not like super narratively dense. No, no. which is good. It, I wouldn't want yeah, yeah. that. It, it's it's that's all it is a narrative wrapping. Mm. It's not, um, you know, full of lore and everything. And it's like, you know, you're not the chosen the story... escape artist whose parents died because you shall not be escaped from fucking something, <laughs> something, something, something transphobic. Yeah, it's. <laughs> not that <laughs> it's um yeah it, it's just it's just given a you know as you say a slight wrapping to why else would i be going through all these different escape rooms um it's it's a nice it's a nice you know amount of it never gets in the way of the puzzles but it's a nice as you say wrapping because escape simulator for example is just you're going level by level and it's, it's nice that they've actually put some you know something some context and so, so something in between uh, the puzzle rooms, but it's 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 not you know nobody's right getting Pulitzer Prize for it or anything like that. It's like just just a nice level of um, narrative wrapping. But, well, that sounds um, great. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 good. I really enjoyed it. Um, don't know if I'd pay for extra levels, but I'd certainly check them out if any of them come free or just pick up a. You know, DLC I mean, you you also got this on sale. Game Pass. Yeah, right? yeah, and Game Pass. Sometimes, I mean, DLC is not included. Sometimes you have to buy that in addition right, to I the see game. What you're it just depends. So, I'm not sure what they're going for with this, but um, but yeah, yeah, I I fully recommend it for for anyone who just wants to chill and do a few puzzles um, that are quite, you know, they're sensible. They're not obtuse or anything like that. So yeah. That That's, sounds great uh, to me. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Play it on Steam Deck as well. Oh yeah, uh, so... Cloud. Last time we talked about Steam Deck, would, did you set up Game Pass and stuff? or? Oh yeah, yeah. That was like one of the first things I did. Yeah, I, I think I've played I... more Game Pass games on my Steam Deck. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Games. Yeah. Um, oh right, that yeah. was the... Um, um, the Microsoft like literally made a tutorial on their website mm-hmm. how to do it. That now, we're... yeah, yeah, it's worked seamlessly because I've been playing a lot of Power Wash Simulator on that. But um, 
Oh, I forgot I, about that. That's a thing I could have handled as a... Oh god, yeah. It's... it's. Adam was right. It is crack cocaine, the game. Um, yeah. I mean, go back to episode whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. Uh, with Adam, our game of the year. Well, his game of the year kind of um, rundown, and that was number one, and I can see why, because it is... Uh, oh, wow. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was that long. What's that? So I just did a went to How Long to Beat. Um, and Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, and it's oh, main ages. main story is twenty one and a half hours, main an extra thirty four and a half, completion is yeah. thirty seven and a half. That's those, a lot of content. That... Some of those levels take hours. Like I've spent probably like five hours, you know, doing some of those levels. Um, it's real good, man. <laughs> it's like, that is the perfect podcast game, or that is the perfect, I just want to sit in silence. <laughs> I don't even need a podcast game, because I am transfixed and hypnotized about, by these power washers. I mean, that sounds so, great. It's it's very good. Experience it for yourself, but don't really need to go into that um, more. It it. it it's what it says on the box, you know. It's a power wash simulator, and uh, it's one of those where it's like this will either bore you to tears, or you will just reach uh, a higher level of zen than you've ever reached before in your entire life. And I'm in the latter camp, so um, yeah. Uh, there's, there's just one more game I want to talk about um, very early on, so I'll probably come talk about this next week. Um, it's an, a game where you play an animal. Um, not quite a feline. I guess it's the. I guess it's. It's like a cat dog. It's a dog like cat. <laughs> and it's not cat dog. I'm not playing that. What is it? That Nickelodeon brawler or whatever. <laughs> I'm playing a game called um, Endling Extinction is Forever. Which is I have not fox. heard of this. No, <laughs> it's a and... game about foxes, the cats oh. of the dog world, or the dogs yeah, of the cat I'll, world. Yeah, I'll give you that. Endling <laughs> Extinction is Forever. What yeah. is with... Ah, uh, fox games are pretty fun. Um... I know, yeah, there's been a lot recently. Um, I think I think we're now moving from fox games into frog games, though. Uh, we definitely... I mean, lot, we've yeah. been... There was a parallel time, right? It wasn't like mm-hmm. a... Switch, but I do think you're right that um, the frog games are overtaking. They're hopping yes. forward. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, this this may be the last hurrah of the fox game. Um, who knows? But uh, oh, yeah, I really like the style. Yeah, the art is fantastic. Um, and okay, I've only played a bit of the game, but you're playing as so far. I'm playing as a mother fox, and the game starts out. Um, it's very close to home, especially now, because uh, it starts out and you're literally running away from a forest fire. Um, that's the first couple minutes of the game, and it's like, I mean, the title is Extinction is Forever. It's about, you know, deforestation, climate change, that's what it's going to be about. And it's like, oh, I played this as when, you know, on the news, it looked like... You know, mm. see pictures, and it's like, is this Australia? Is this America? It's like, no, this is the UK now as well. <laughs> it's like it's very close to home. Yeah, very close. We should maybe do something about it. But um, uh, 
yeah, so so the game starts out with that, and you're it's. I guess you'd call it a side-scrolling platformer, but what I really like about it, even though it's like two D and you're going from like, well, you're going in a left to right direction, but it's got three D environments and like sort. It's got a really nice depth of field, and it's like you're going from even when you go from left to right, you're going like further into the background or further into the foreground, and it's got right. really. It's got a really interesting presentation style in that sense because a lot of games they like just maybe they have like some three D assets or something, but you're just literally going on a two D plane. Whereas this, you're going a bit more, you know, a bit more into the background, a bit more into the foreground. So, so, so is it that each screen has a different sort of like angle that you? Yeah, reverse? yeah. So you're still you're still kind of pathing point to point, mm-hmm. but Absolutely, it just yeah. it, you just path deeper or shallower depending on. On the, yeah. Oh, that's a oh, that's a really nice touch to two mm-hmm. D side scrolling. That's so smart. I can't believe I haven't seen that before. It's I like, know. I was thinking that because I was like, not many games do this. Like I've probably seen one or two, and it's like it's such a easy, easy. Well, obviously not easy. Nothing. I mean, easy, with modern like, engines, a, if you're gonna do yeah. like using a three D engine and then. For a two D thing is very standard, and then you have all kinds of yes. resources. Yeah, yeah, it, it just seems like a very a something. Why, why hasn't it been implemented more often or more? You know, it just feels more more alive and brings the environments out in just more of a more fleshed out way. But um, yeah, I've I've given birth to my little kits, kits boxes. Yeah. yeah. My little, my little babies. Um, oh, so you're a you, vixen. Yes. Um, so as soon as you give birth, it's like, okay, you can choose the like what colouring your kits have. And it's like, oh my god, they're going to make me attached to these little kits mm. and they're all going to die, aren't they? So I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to those. But um, yeah, so far it's just, it's been about being mother vixen, you know, Um catching food and then you know skulking around and making sure you know you don't get caught or you know seen because you know there's naughty hunters in the woods and other 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 animals and stuff like that and it's yeah i I, i've been enjoying it it's it's not you know taxing in um like it's not taxing so far it's a pretty standard puzzle platformer but i think the presentation and probably the story by the end is going to be what's most effective about it. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying it, so I'm going to I'm going to keep going on with that. I think it's probably about four or five hours. So I was going to say get through the it the end. name definitely suggests that it's not going to pull any punches. Yeah, there's probably going to be a Bambi moment, and mm. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like it's yeah. about four and a half hours. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's my kind of game. I love these like puzzle platformers, whether they're you know very puzzle elemental kind of like this more chilled out narrative style. And yeah, it's definitely my kind of game. So uh, thank you to the uh, Evolve for sending me a code for that. But yeah, oh, I'm, excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this uh, seems this seems very um, uh, poignant for this particular. Yeah, time. yeah. That's why it's like I didn't get too far um, with mm. it. I probably paid what, 
half an hour or something, um, if that, and it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> am I emotionally ready for this? Um, after I picked the, the, the kits, I was like, okay, I'm not, I'll go a bit longer, but I'm not getting too far into this because it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, we're probably going to talk about Stray next week, maybe when Ben's back. But, uh, yeah, no cat game this year, this week, um, just clocks game, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, cat game will happen. Um, yeah, you bought it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, it doesn't run as well as you'd like on Steam Deck, so until uh, you, you know, toggle with some settings. But uh, that's fine. I, I was thinking, I would like it, it. It looks so pretty. I'd probably just opt to play it on my PC. normal PC anyway, or just maybe switch between. But I was definitely going to start it on my main PC just as. Yeah, pretty it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that my 2000 series RTX graphics card is still good enough to put it all on high. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it looks yeah, so yeah. pretty, and that's all I want, right? Yeah, because that's what I love about Steam Deck as well. It's just so seamless that you can just switch in between. Because, um, like, I was playing some neon white on my main computer, but I was like, actually, this is. This is uh, a bit too much for my motion sickness when I've got on such a big screen on a small ah, screen. Ah, fair it's enough. It's way better. Same with Power Wash Simulator as well. Um, oh, so, it, yeah. it, it got your motion sickness? Yeah, it's because there's no way to change like the uh, like size of the reticle or anything. and I, I usually put like the the aim sensitivity like way down on stuff, but yeah, my motion sickness is bad and it's not fun at all. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I just, um, yeah. I didn't, I wouldn't, I mean, it, it. it's always about the presentation, right? Because you can have, mm-hmm. like, I've seen you play, like, Titanfall 2 and zip around the screen yeah. and be, you know, super <sighs> agile and be fine. Yeah. And then it's just with, like. With, with games like that, because you have, you can see your gun. Oh, it's something it's that, fine, like. It's point of reference, yeah. So it's like, I've never. Plus, those games are always 60, so that helps. Right. So, yeah, Call of Duty and Titanfall never never got to me. But, yeah, Neon White is, like, I don't feel any sort of sickness when I'm playing it on Steam Deck, but I've got, what, I think it's 27-inch screen monitor, so just seeing that and on the big screen. It's enough. It, it takes a bit longer to kick in, but when it kicks in, you're just like... Mm, yeah, I, I am now done. That is. Yeah, yeah, it's time to lie down. But yeah, it's it's rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> I don't envy you at all. Yeah, 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 it's crap. It's like just watching other people play things, like say watching GDQ stream. It's like I'd really like to see someone play Doom very quickly, but I just can't. <laughs> and is that because you don't have agency over it? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know where they're going or what they're doing. Yeah, that does suck. Oh. Yes, it does. But it's just one of those things. Yeah. Adapt. Yeah, and that's why options are good. I can play on the yeah. Um, yeah, so. Good times. How uh, how much further in Neon White have you gotten? I'm literally uh, on the last level. Um, 
because I was like, I'm going to get Neon White done and go back to Endling. Um, I played a few more levels today, and I'm at the end of the story, which continues to be ass. Um, <laughs> the characters continue to be irredeemable and just awful. Mm. Um, yeah, um, but the levels towards the end, you get a really cool mechanic, which I won't spoil, but um, the levels get longer and well mm. some of them do some of them some of them um you know still retain that like kind of very zippy short kind of uh you know frame-ish yeah and those are the levels i really like where it's like i can fine tune and you know just focus on doing the small things right to get a quicker time the things right. where it's like, okay, this level is like two minutes long, and it's like, if I mess up once, oh. that's it. I just, this is why I could never be a speedrunner. <laughs> yeah, I did, like, that's that's exactly yeah. what turns me off on, on games mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. Like, I remember, what is the really, oh, why am I forgetting the name of this game? Really violent and bloody um, 2D platformer from years ago, where you're a little red dude, and there's saws. And it's very much a... Super Meat Boy? Yeah, Meat Boy. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, like, loved that game Yeah. and played so much of it until a certain point in the game, and the levels just got to a point where it was like, I just don't want to do this much. Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm fine with repeating myself. I don't want to repeat the stuff that I've figured out. Yes, yeah. At this length, like there's just some, there's like an envelope where it's like mm, we're out of here, yeah. And I am long. not, there's yeah. not enough enjoyment, and because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm not. It ruins my focus, ironically, on the bit that I'm trying to actually master, and so I don't do it well because I'm already kind of annoyed that I'm having to redo the yeah. thing, and it's like oh, my brain is just not really wired well for that type of, yeah, yeah, loop it's a, it's on a- that medium scale. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line where it's like, there's no definitive, like, time length or, you know, it can differ game to game or scenario to scenario or level to level. Um, but yeah, the, some of the levels are a bit long and it's like, some of them are cool because it's like, this is a culmination of everything that I've learned and it's mm. like, look where I am now, but it's like, I already, I'm already good at the game, <laughs> you know? I just want to focus on getting high scores, and it's like I don't want to do that on the long, long level. So the last couple of levels, I've just been like, I've got an ace medal, which is the highest before dev time, which I yeah. still haven't unlocked or seen yet because I haven't finished the game. I've gotten all the gifts and stuff like that, so I should unlock the quote-unquote true ending. Whoever cares about that, I really don't care about the story, but it's like, I'll roll credits tonight, um, and then I can just put this okay, to bed. Ugly, ugly part of my soul to bed. <laughs> it's like I pay an hour, one level for like an hour to uh, get the highest time. That's you know the people that I added on on Steam. But um, there's one person. Who I was going to ask. Today. So, so how, how many people on your Steam list? You you mentioned you had added people just to mm-hmm. have sort of that competitive feeling because yeah. your the usual suspects weren't playing it. Yeah. Um probably about ten people. Um and there's one who, who I'm gonna assume is um 
just uh, cheating. So, because <laughs> some of those times are like you're either very good or you could be cheating. They're probably just very good, but I find it better in my 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 head that they're cheating. So, <laughs> mm. but yeah, it's, like they they're, they're, they're beating you by like a factor like of two, fifteen kind of seconds or something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And um, but yeah, it's it's one of those where it's like. Yeah, I might maybe play some levels just for fun, because some of them are just... I don't know if there's like a... sort of like a boss rush mode where you can just go through the levels and that's it. But that would be cool. But Yeah, it's... I still recommend it. Whenever you pick it up, I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy it a lot. So. I actually did pick it up. I ended up picking it and oh, Stray okay. Up together just because I knew that's... I was going to play both of them in the next little stretch. It's um, a good, good, good duo, I think. Yeah. That was the other thing, is it felt very much like, well, like from the reviews on Stray and from what you've told me and other people told me about um, Neon White is they scratch very different itches, so it would be like <laughs> a good, you know, a good way to bounce around. Yeah, well, good decision. But, um, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. Really, really enjoy it. That's just because um, there's cards. Yeah. I guess they're all. <laughs> I guess they. I mean, they could be true. anything, from what I understand, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, hold on, I think I'm better than everyone of my friends this thing because I remembered I'm not playing mouse and keyboard and playing on Steam Deck, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> and when you start, even <laughs> even though I don't think you'll quite be as obsessed as I am, yeah, that all might spur me to go back to the game because it's like. I've already embarrassed him. Can I embarrass him even more? Another <laughs> <laughs> 0.2 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I will fully admit that I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, I my obsessiveness with video games used to be completionist stuff, which is why I wouldn't start really long games, and also wouldn't play the better versions in series because i should have finished the earlier ones except mm -hmm. the early ones sucked and so like assassin's creed was a, a series i enjoyed but didn't quite get through all of the Ezio stuff and then like yeah so I never played black flag and everyone's like oh it's great and it's like and now i don't care and ubisoft can burn so <laughs> different reasons but like that really did stop me and now i'm i'm very proud of myself as having grown as a human to just not care about those things, but that also means I can't, I like, if I catch myself getting a whiff of that sort of obsessive, ah, uh, mm. optimize, it's like, nah, that's just going to make you, me personally, miss some of the just regular enjoyment, and I don't really want to do that yeah. trade off. Yeah, yeah. At least I, at this I, point in my mental health journey in my life and, and my <laughs> relationship with video games. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I used to be like, every game I start, I have to finish it, and it's like, had my backlog on an Excel spreadsheet, and it's just like, one day I was just like, let it all go. Yeah. And that was several years ago, and it's like, now I, I, I like to finish games, like, especially when I'm enjoying them. I feel bad when I haven't finished a game. Well, not bad, but it's like... yeah. It, it comes up in your mind, it's like, oh, I should finish that game, but it's like, not obsessive about it or anything like that, it's like, well, yeah, other... like, freshly frosted, I, I keep thinking about that game, and it's bothering me now, because I love it so much, but it's like, 
I got to the point where it's like, that was my brain, my inner workings of that game, and now I'm on the hard levels. And I'm, I was like, being stubborn, it's like, I don't want to use a hint, I don't, uh, but you know what, I'm just going to use a hint now, because it's like, it's been a while away from it, and I'm never going to finish it otherwise, and it's like, some of them are rubbish. I, I don't want to spend, I spent hours on some of those levels when I was in that mindset, and I mean, no, with no, me, I just... I've also evolved with hints where it's like, yeah, I'm stubborn and I don't want to use them. But what oh. really clicked in my head was stop seeing it as a binary flag of did you use a hint or not versus use the hint. And then if you regret it, you're like, ah, I didn't need to use a hint there. Now I know <laughs> for the next time I'm in a similar situation, maybe I'll let myself stew a bit longer. That's yeah. it. That's that's what you've yeah. done. You've used a hint once. It's fine. Yeah. Right, like it's just yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, except on Escape Academy when I accidentally clicked the hint button. Um because it I was playing on Steam Deck no Steam Deck via XCloud or whatever. And it's like why is um to like that's another good thing about Escape Academy actually. Things that you pick up that I got like, you know, notes and stuff like that, you can pin it. So it's like oh. always on your screen. So it's like, oh, what's that code again? Oh, I can pin that piece of paper. Oh, that's very smart. That, and that's, that's better. That, that makes it. you better than most of the people I've ever had to escape room with. <laughs> but that, but that's uh, yeah, really nice touch, really nice quality of lighting on it. But yeah, uh, the X button is hint and the Y button is pin. So it's like at the oh. very start of the game in like one of the first levels, I accidentally pressed him. And it's like, well, I've got to start this over again. <laughs> I mean, I that's fair. Want, yeah, I, I want my five stars or whatever. Oh, because like you get downgraded sprays. if you um. I don't know, but it's like <laughs> I didn't want to chance it. <laughs> to be fair, it was like the first level or the tutorial or something, so it wasn't too bad. So I only had to redo really five minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Get better about. Obsessive habits. That's 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 the moral of the story. Yeah. Uh, remember that you have only so much time in the world and, and it's okay to love a game mm-hmm. and not finish it or come back to it. And arguably it's better to leave it there. Because then you have a very solid, happy time with it and it, and you're not going yeah. basically. Are you Going back to a, a game or an activity or a book or a movie or whatever out of some f- feeling of obligation or because you're really enthused to return to it? And if you can oh, yeah. answer enthused, no. do it. If not, maybe take a second and think, is this the thing that will give me the most happiness because the world is burning? It's literally <laughs> burning, and we're probably not going to survive. So don't waste the limited mental cycles you have on the planet on a thing that you don't really want to do right now, but you feel like you should. Agreed. If you're not enjoying the game, just put it there and don't go back to it. Yeah, yeah. and if you hate a game, it's fine, because it won't last, because the world isn't going to. <laughs> yeah, just accept that you're never, ever going to finish Elder Ring before you die. I've accepted it. I was going to mention Elden Ring <laughs> as the game that I want to go back to, but don't know when, and I'm okay with that. And I, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't okay with that for a bit. Like, after mm-hmm. my initial, like, surge of, like, hyper-focus, playing it too much, took, a, took some time, played other games, 
Um, and then I was like, oh, I really want to go back to it. Now I'm feeling the weight of how much is left now that I know, because obviously you learn more about the game, zeitgeist, but also, um, yeah, just this feeling of needing to do it made it me not want to do it. And it's like, ah, yeah. it's fine. Like, I've played enough of it. I can tell you it's a great game. I can tell you that I'm missing out on stuff. I can tell you I'm fine with missing out on that stuff. And absolutely. that opinion might change. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, the 120 hours or whatever it is I've spent in it, it's like, loved every minute. It's still like my game of the year, so. <laughs> and it's like, I don't need to finish it. Or maybe if I never play that game for the rest of my life, it's like, you know, that game has done so, does so many things that it's like, yeah, this is one of the best games I've ever made. But I think, like, like maybe it's because I'm cresting towards 40, but, um,. Mm. I can't do all the things. Like I'm finally like uh, the for, for those who don't know, I got recently diagnosed with ADHD, and it turns out poor tracking of time on the macro and micro level is a symptom that I definitely have. And I've been paying attention pre and post medication to just like how much time is actually in a day, and what can I actually do? And it's like, oh, there's not a lot of time. I can't play all the games that are great. I can't read all no. the books that are great. I can't have all the conversations I want with people. Okay, well, let's not worry about me having a fantastic time with Elden Ring. That sounds great. <laughs> cool. If I never touch the game again, that's great. It's still yeah. great. It hasn't yeah. not be stopped yeah. being great. Ah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's just not enough hour in the day, as you say. Stuff like, especially Game Pass now, it's like so many games that are available. I won't get to them all. Do I need to? Nah. I mean, that's the great thing about Game Pass, is <laughs> if I play one game a month, even if I don't, mm -hmm. but if I play one game a month on Game Pass, it's kind of paid for itself because I've had the selection, the options, and I've chosen one. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, and I, like, my, like... I think I've bought Elden Ring, Stray, and Neon White this year. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who has 1,200 plus games on Steam. Like, I used to have a problem. Um, <laughs> and now Game Pass is meant... Well, Game Pass is like review codes um, and yeah. trying to be better at life. Um, have all contributed to... Th it's fine. Like, I don't need yeah. that many games in my life. And actually... There are games I have, not even backlog games that I haven't started, but games like I played, like Gordian Quest. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and actually not just picking up the Zeitgeist games or being like, oh, this is new on Game Pass, I'll just download it, um, means that I'm more likely to play that game again if I just want a thing that I know. I know it's mechanics. I can just like pick yeah. it up for a half hour. It's a good game for that. Yeah. I've thought about it yeah. a couple times the past couple days. Um Various reasons why I didn't play games, but that would have been one of them. Uh, yeah. Easy. Zeitgeist is not even a thing. No, I think Stray is probably right, yeah. I think it's the only game I've really paid for this year. Oh no, I did spend £25 on Elden Ring. So. Yeah, I pay, I bought sure. Elden Ring because, I mean, <laughs> that was that was a 100% a Zeitgeist buy. Stray is 100% a Zeitgeist buy, except also I've been following it since forever and i'm okay with being just like everyone else being like oh, yeah, cat game yeah. is gonna be great and then when i heard cat game was great it's like all right i'll buy cat game yeah 
Yeah, same. But um, yeah, I think just both in that point of our lives where he's like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even if I never play the cat game after buying it, it's just like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, 20 quid. It's a lot better than than previous, um, like like games that I still haven't played that I put money into because I felt like I should or whatever. You know, just it's a hobby. It's part of the hobby is spending money. I just am getting yeah. better at how much I spend. It's it's, it's very easy not to you know, with all these services and spend a lot of money because the good thing about Game Pass is like if I didn't play it whilst it's in Game Pass. And that's okay. It just means that I probably wasn't excited enough to actually buy it. <laughs> you know? So, and if I do feel like very excited to buy it, then I'll just buy it. Like, five years. Down I was the just line say. I think the like big thing is, is Game Pass. Also, it's like oh, so many things come to Game Pass. Just, just the fact that it might come to Game Pass in like January or October. From like oh, yeah. now, it's like oh, then I think do I do I have the time to play it? Do I need to play it right away? Is it like like that? Just that option of it might just come to the thing that sort of fuels just gives me games every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's actually what Humble Bundle Monthly was doing for me for a while. That's when I stopped buying games because a lot of like zeitgeisty or like double a games that were interesting just came through humble bundle monthly which no, yeah. no longer happens that service isn't great um but like that was that was the beginning of the end for me buying games regularly because it was like oh it might just come to the subscription i have yeah yeah That's uh, what I and always by the time yeah. it did it was like oh i didn't actually just just the idea that i might get it if i just waited even though it's the same as if I just wait, I can get it for half price on PC. Yeah. Something about that shift of it might just come to me meant that, like, I'd be okay with not getting it right away. And as soon as that, like, mental shift happened, it was like, oh, well, yeah. yeah. Even if it doesn't yeah. come to Game Pass, if I'm still It'll thinking be- about that game in six months and I haven't heard it's terrible, I've heard it's still pretty good, I'll get it yeah. for 10 quid. That's why I always think it's coming to Game Pass one day, so... I'll just wait. Yeah. It's going to be And there's definitely like on Steam. There's definitely games that I've missed out on that were good that didn't come to Game Pass that I forgot about because, you know, there's only only so many hours in the day as we spoke of. Mm-hmm. But that's also okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just basically our therapy session. Yeah, this is this is like reformed <laughs> yeah. game addicts anonymous, yeah. less anonymous. Um <laughs> Decidedly non-anonymous. Hi, I'm Adil. This is Lucy. Um, we have a problem. Yeah. We had a problem. No, I have a problem. I did. So there's been a topic that we've had on the books for a long time that, for various reasons, um, hasn't come through. Um, but I think uh, basically, I wanted to make sure you were around because you've played both Tunic and Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've played a chunk of Elden Ring and a smaller chunk of Tunic. Um, but basically, I, w- I just wanted to talk about um, how sort of navigation, uh, tracking navigation, for lack of a better term, like maps, essentially, right? Um mm-hmm can be done in these types of games and how Elden... It feels like this year, between Elden Ring and Tunic, we've hit a point where 
some developers have like finally realized that they don't have to treat us like babies. And so so I'll contrast this with the standard open world game is your your GTA Ubisoft especially Ubisoft. Uh-huh. Um you get the like you've got an open world, you could do anything. But also yeah. here's a million icons that are the things you can do. And I've yeah. always I didn't realize until I started really exploring in Elden Ring how much I've been annoyed at that as because it's been the default. I didn't even realize how like how much of a drag yeah. on what I like about open worlds it was until I saw something not do it. Yeah, yeah. No, no I'm glad you clarified there because when you, I, I thought you were talking about maybe the tutorialization of Elden Ring, which a lot of people have, um, you know, uh, criticized and stuff like that. But I, I get what you mean, like in terms of like design philosophies, like you don't have to tell the player. Basically, you know, put a quest marker here. Go talk to this person. Do that. But have have enough uh, competency and confidence in your design where it's like, um, you know, let the player have the agency to go where they want, do what they want. But um, yeah, I think a lot of the times it is a design philosophy um, right out the gate because I think you know, in the case of you. Maybe one would argue, oh, from software games are quote unquote niche, whereas Ubisoft games are, you know, for I mean, the masses. But but I mean, Elden Ring and, and you know the previous uh, from software games have disproved that because they sell a lot, <laughs> and Elden Ring's the biggest selling game this year. So it's not a case of ones uh marketed towards a mass audience and the other isn't it's 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 just complete design philosophies whereas ubisoft games seem like designed by committee and just a tick box exercise well, i was gonna whereas, s- say um, that um like uh let's just stay with ubisoft for a while because i think part yeah. of the problem of the design by committee thing that you were mentioning is is the fact that it's it's like that coupled with the perils of success writ 15 mm. years right so they came up with something that was unique and interesting uh like open world like assassin's creed early assassin's creed games the idea of it was open world but it was quite small mm-hmm. um and obviously the ai and the like depth of resolution on your mini map wasn't really there i mean arguably i you could have been because well, we'll get to it when we're talking about Elden Ring's change from this model, but it but it was it made sense. Open world was new. How could you know? I can see the mindset, and I think gamers probably weren't ready for what I have to explore and find all the things because I'm used to being on. If you think of a population who's used to being on a pathway, and yes, there's secrets because you have to find out that the pathway branches here or there giving them like a flat piece of land that they can just go any direction, giving them ear markers makes sense because what they're used to. Um, and then the idea of, well, I don't want to just tell them all the things. So I'll tell them one thing. And if they do that thing, like they, they, they have the option of just running around and finding things or going to this one place, the tower, the eagle, the whatever the fuck thing they have that unlocks all the icons, right? And so in the first, if you didn't know that was how 
that was going to give you everything, you might not do it. So I see. I think that's why I enjoyed it, like the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, because I wasn't used to the paradigm. But the fact that everything gets unlocked for this square, and then you're like, oh, now, and I know because you've already told me. You show me the icon of the next tower. There's no exploration. If I at least had to look for the towers, like, and then they unlocked icons, at least there'd be some notion of it. But it's like, why? Why would I waste my time? exploring I, I it, if, I, yeah. if you're gonna get if the information is a hundred percent by doing this thing yeah. gamers are efficiency like robots essentially we're always going to take the the path of least resistance and that just undoes the magic of the open world and that I, I, was okay when the open world was novel i i, I i'm I, not saying it was great i'm saying yeah, it, i yeah. didn't i wasn't as annoyed with it back in the day I just think I don't. I don't think that's a time frame thing. Like something that was. I I just think that that that's just a philosophy of their design and and just a design of like certain types oh. of video games. Like look at Spider Man. Like I really enjoy that game, but the open world was, you know, it was trite. It was it was like just it was the same Ubisoft problem of just yeah. like icons here, icons there. You're doing the exact same thing, and it's like sometimes it's. You know, in terms of budget, you know, copy paste kind of design thing where it's like you don't have the budget to make new animations or do new quests or something like that. And I don't think that's. I mean, we're using Ubisoft as the main culprit. They're not alone in it, and I, I just think it's just a completely different type of design because there were open worlds prior to Ubisoft's open world. There was like Rockstar Games, but yeah. Rockstar Games is like. It, it was more of a sandbox, and it's more like, you know, tons of Rockstar games had different landmarks and different areas of the map which you could go to, but never had a quest line there. Yeah. You know? And it's like, we don't care if the player sees us or not, is, you know, it was their philosophy back then, you know? It, I remember the Easter egg in, like, GTA 3, was it, or something, when you climbed over a certain wall, and it's like, no one has to do this. You, like, drive an ambulance there and hop over it, and it's like... Yeah. You get to this place and it says, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> the devs put that in. And it's it's a case of making the world interesting so the player feels compelled to go through it. Whereas Ubisoft could do that. They don't need all the icons. If they made those games and those worlds interesting and dynamic and, well, you it... know, crazy things happen just like in GTA, usually in Far Cry, it's... Just oh, usually things colliding against each other because there's a bug or something. Not quite, you know, the the, the interconnection of the world. It's like I mean, this yeah, is just the, I guess mm-hmm. this is the problem also with the the formulas of things like Far Cry, where yeah, you're changing yeah. the settings, but it's the same premise, which is go to you know go to tower so you get to see the necessary things so that you can slowly snipe off people at a base and mm-hmm. take it over and it doesn't matter where in the world or in time that base is they're all enemies who you need to kill and so you don't get that li- like you can't get that living world what you can get is throwaway lines of dialogue and maybe some weird mm-hmm. walking animations and then two people bump together and hopefully <laughs> the dialogue syncs up and maybe it doesn't but like that's again that design philosophy of it's like from the base you a far cry game is never going to have that lived in world feel because it's kind of premised on 
protagonist antagonists. Mm. And then yeah. with GTA, the premise is here's a world. You might piss some people off. Most of these people are just in the world. And that and just by that, it means I'm more likely to wander around because I want to see the world because the world is premised on being something that I am sort of orthogonal to. Yeah. And if you just make it a bunch of enemies, it's really hard to make the world feel lived in and interesting and worth exploring. But also, yeah, if you yeah. don't trust... But I, I still think that you can have the Far Cry, it's all bad guys and, you know, wild animals or whatever. You could have that and not have the HUD tell you all the things, and then you would have to explore kind of with a fine-tooth comb um, to get all but the I, things, yeah, yeah. which but would I be more interesting to me. I don't think it would be, because I don't think that game is... It's not predicated on being interesting. Yeah, I it's guess, like okay, yeah. okay, you uh, you find you, you find a treasure chest that wasn't on the map. What does a treasure chest have? Purple ah, loot right. yeah. to just kill more enemies. I mean, all Far Cry yeah. is 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 a three D well not three D but like open world Call of Duty game. It's just surface level story. Yeah. You know, just to keep the action going. You're right. You like know, if if I had yeah. to explore, I'd get bored, and I would just try yeah. and miss things so the hud would the be worlds better. are not dynamic or anything yeah. like that but i i get i get what you're saying in 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 a sense that it's like that you know games like elden ring and like breath of the wild seem so out of the ordinary now because we only get like one rockstar game you know every yeah. decade but you know open world games with you know even like GTA clones like Saints Row or True Crime or something, they were still more interesting, you know? Maybe 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 you're right in Saints, like it was something new. Um why, you know, maybe the bar was a bit lower, but I just think, you know I, I think it gives them an excuse the for the first couple mm-hmm. games, yeah. but the fact that there's been no iteration and and mm-hmm. it it's even worse when you make the world bigger and still stale. Yes, yes, and that's all that Ubisoft has yeah. been doing. Um, like, but yeah. let's... Sw- so, I mean, let's switch to... Uh, I'll talk a bit about um, Elden Ring, uh, right. and then maybe you can you, you can finish us, us off with Tunic, because you know a little more mm-hmm. about how it's navigation and its approach to pointing, hinting, nudging the user. With Elden Ring, you've got some icons mm-hmm. essentially just your your bonfires or whatever they're called it's been been a minute touches of grace or something yeah <laughs> i don't know um and, and that's about it but the mm-hmm. thing that really got to me was um well one like you there's so little that needs to be done to progress the game except Leveling helps you beat harder bosses, and so finding the early dungeons are mm-hmm. means you're more likely to succeed because they're the early dungeons, which means you're more likely to get be able to beat the later dungeons. So there is a path to the game as far as like least resistance, mm-hmm. but it ta- if you don't use any guides, which I fully recommend, 
you sort of are like, what what the fuck do I do? Because um, the main path is getting me into some real trouble. Now, I'm not ready for that trouble. Let me just wander away, and at the very least, I can pick off easy enemies, and if I have to grind while trying to figure out what this game is in the first five hours, that's okay too, which I really like, because you don't feel like you're grinding, because you're also learning the game. It's a good point to, if you don't find the right places, you'll probably be okay, and you won't feel terrible about it. But as you play the game, uh, you notice that, like, oh, I found a dungeon, and it's in this cave entrance. And on the map, the hand, like the, the, the map that looks like a drawn map from, from that era, if that makes sense, right? There are, you notice that there are specific details on the map that are similar over here. And you go over there, and lo and behold, there's a dungeon there. And now you've yeah. learned that the map does tell you where a certain percentage of the dungeons are right. at least the ones that are from the grasslands into a cave in a mountain range they all look very similar or at least you know that the odds are pretty high that there's might be one in this area so i can go to that area an area that looks like this and then like hunt through the mountain range and find a cave or maybe not it's not always the case but you know where to look and and the more you spend with the game, the more of these sort of notes, details on the map uh, kind of yeah. become apparent. Um, you also get a better understanding of how, like, height works. Um, the map is very actually quite good with... Map. Yeah, the map is actually quite good at that, but you don't understand it until you navigate yourself to the world and you learn how the map works and yet none of this is by adding icons right this is literally the uh -huh. same map you get at the beginning i mean obviously you unlock pieces but the same type of details it's it's not layering a hud on top it's just here is you you know you pick up map fragments and you get a new chunk and it's like ah and and if anything looks sort of somewhat out of the ordinary you can just go like you, you, you because you're learn because that's how you learn how to get through the world and and spot right, right. you you get a new map fragment and you're like I don't know what that that's a weird chunk of drawn map let me go there to see what it actually is and I think a large part of my exploration in that game was getting a new map fragment and being like I don't know what that I don't know what this means I don't know how to interpret right, yeah. the map. Let me go there and learn. And then lo and yeah. behold, there's something interesting there. And then I unlock a new map fragment, even like five hours later. And there's a similar bit there. I'm like, ah, I now know what that's going to be like. That's interesting because I, I, I never, well, interpreted or paid that much attention to the map playing it. It's like when I got a new map fragment, it's like, I was like charting, like okay, I've been here, I've been there. I wasn't like looking too detailed at the map. I, I was in some cases. It's like, have I been to that like peninsula or whatever? In that case, but it's like not. I wasn't looking at the typography and a lot of the details on the map. Mm. I was just more <laughs> okay. Where haven't I been? Because what draws me through that game is not necessarily the map. Because I've been to places and it's like I don't know where the map fragment is. I, you know, this isn't filled in for the map for me. I don't care because it's like I've stumbled on a new place and it's like, I'm just going to stay here and go f go forward and see what's here because what draws me to that game 
It's just seeing what effed up thing will kill me next. You know, that's right. <laughs> that's where but... I get enjoyment out of that game. So it's like, it's just a complete. I mean, I know the systems in Elden Ring. It's not like I'm gonna. It's not like GTA where it's like I'm gonna go to somewhere and you know the, the mechanics are gonna change and I can yep. like bet on horses or something like that. It's not. I'm not looking for that or or any different kinds of you know ways in the mechanics which will be used. I know what that game is. It's combat. Yeah. It's. I'm more drawn to that game because what am I going to find? I don't even care about the loot in the dungeons. It's like, I open up the treasure chest, it's like, none of this applies to my build. I'm never going to use it. I don't care. It's a case of what? <laughs> How have they designed this dungeon to absolutely destroy me? Mm. What effed up things have the developer done just to be like, you know, screw you? <laughs> you know, what have they put around this corner just to absolutely annihilate me next? That, that's what draws me to that game, like, yeah, the, it's the endless possibility of the creatures. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I, I will say there is an uh, in the non-discovered space. There is an uh, there's an icon that shows you exactly where the map fragments are. In the what? Like so, so when you do, before you have the map fragment, it's just this like brown stretch which has some light roads on it sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah and then yeah, there is yeah. a little thing that looks kind of like a lighthouse, and that's where you get the map fragment. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, and because that... I was like, "Where's the map fragment for this place? I've been on this road, and the road breaks up, and I don't have, have any idea where it is." It's just like, "I'll find it eventually." <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I, I guess, yeah. yeah. So, so that's really interesting because I think that's what drives my exploration. Is I think. My like completionist brain. It, this is also why it took me forever to get to like the second main boss, because my completionist brain has learned some of these things. So I'm like, ah, let me go there. Yep, found a dungeon. Got to beat that dungeon before I keep going. Oh, what's over here? And so, oh, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I do that, but it's like less less dependent on like if I just stumble across. Yeah, it, so I was like, gonna say, I think the key is now that I know kind of how the map is communicating to me. I I'm a bit OCD and like trying to fine tooth comb. The game, which again, I'm fine with because I don't think this is a game. Like, I've never really been a new game plus person, and so I'm fine mm -hmm. with taking my sweet ass time to get through it. Um, but this is what enables me to feel like I'm doing that not yeah. completely randomly, uh, and, and also gives me like some hope about like taking a long break and coming back because it's not mm -hmm. like, oh shit, mm -hmm. have I been here before if I had to just rely on my memories of like where yeah, I've been. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. When, when I mean, we've spoken about it before when you've just been teleported to absolute different place on the map. Oh, yeah. And it's like, so sometimes we fight, yeah, we fight, we fight you wanting to do that. And it's like, I, I've just accepted it's like, this, this map is so huge and vast beyond my even understanding so it's like if i end up like i i'm i'm in places where it's like i still haven't killed a dragon yet and it's like in in, in like the opening not even the places. first guy that guy's so no. much fun if you play a magic build like you probably did then i killed is, him with but... with a two-handed sword user whatever maybe you're just better <laughs> uh to be fair actually <laughs> yeah, you can you can fun. you can cheese it reasonably well with your um with your horse, Steam Boy Torrent. I I don't like the horse controls. But anyway, yeah, I, I still haven't killed a dragon. Do I care? It's just like, no. uh, don't need to. Don't need to kill the dragon boy. Not when these things are killing me. 
you know, I tore through Hogwarts. You know, so that was breeze, and I. (laughs) Yeah, I was expecting because I I I tried not to get much, but like a lot of people were complaining about the fighting the dog. Oh, he was very easy. That dog was so easy. I was like, how? What? I I think I did it. On the second go. It was a second go for me as well. And, yeah. And the first go um, was very close, and I kind of just got a little cocky. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I try, I, I am a bit OCD like you, where it's like, I, I go through these dungeons several times to be like, just make sure that I've got everything, seen everything. But, but yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm fine with jumping all over the map. Um, yeah, I don't have to just like, Okay, I've done this entire map, map fragment and then go yeah. to this one. I'm just like, wherever I find myself next. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not like super invested in making sure I don't miss anything on the map at all. It's more of like I'm trying to go through the map areas fairly close, but I'm also like, because you can put markers on the map, which again, I like a lot uh-huh. better because you can choose not to do yeah. it or... I've literally put, like, I used the skull icon on, like, I know there's a boss or something to kill here and, like, treasure for... I have three icons I basically plop down on the map to be like, oh, I want to come back to this. And that's great mm-hmm. because I know I can come back in a couple months and be like, right, so I didn't deal with this part of the map. I'll go back and figure out why I put that icon there. I can't I can't remember if I used icons. I just remember that I've got, like, a list that looks like, you know like the Zodiac Killer wrote, wrote it, like, I've just notes of, like, what I want to go see. I, I, I was, like, writing in, like, Saw Dudes in Volcano. <laughs> ah, yeah. Is <laughs> that near the manor? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened to me. I don't know where, where it happened, though, because it's been a while. Deaf bird in Southern Peninsula. Night? Question mark. Nice. Um, so, uh, I mean, go yeah, heavily guys with spears in the well. Yeah. If nice. anyone reads this, I think I'm crazy. So yeah, these are all the notes. Oh, this is a long list. But yeah, oh, I've got a checklist of where where I've actually the dungeons that I've completed. So because you know when you beat the boss, it's like okay. So yeah, multi limb swamp thing near <laughs> Lake Silence dropped glo- ghost glove wart. <laughs> ah, ghost glove wart. That's a useful yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <sighs> why I wanted to talk about this uh, Elden Ring and Tunic was because Tunic obviously has its manual. Mm. And its way of communicating in things, and, and, and you've dealt with. You finished the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if, I thought maybe that'd be a good pairing with, especially considering you didn't have the same experience with Elden Ring's map as I did. Mm. But Tunic, yeah, you, you yeah. need to interact with its static it's manual, information yeah. Yeah. to get through, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the information is. Um, Included in those uh, in those pages, and I think if you miss one of those pages, you could potentially not soft lock yourself out of the game, but like be completely lost and have to, you know, go through a walkthrough to 
to try and figure out what's going on. Um, but is there a way of totally missing? Like you can. Yeah, you, yeah, I think there is. Yeah. You can, is, is there's. I thought all the pages were findable at any point, kind of thing. Like. Yeah, they are. Um, I, sorry, what I but, was trying to ask was. Um, are there pages where if you miss them once, you're screwed? Or is it just that you'd have to backtrack through the world to find the page you're missing? I mean, everything. the thing in Tunic is that I, I think most things, you know, in the game are accessible right from the jump. It's just that you don't know they're there or how to interact with them. Yeah. And I think every page is like, yeah, you can get to it, like, but you need that prior knowledge, first of all, to, to get to it. And if you happen to miss one of those pages, then you're not going to have that, 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 that knowledge, right. that inherent knowledge that you need. Or So, it, Tunic is a interesting game in that sense, because I think when you've played games enough, or played games for as long as time to have nostalgia about those those manual pages, um, you you probably have a good grasp of you know game design and game mechanics and what what you need to do because it's a especially that I mean I really had a, some not great things to say about the end of that game because a lot of it is like okay. This world that was so familiar to me, it's like it's changed and not in a way that's um, intuitive. That's mm. a bit more obtuse. And there are some things that it's like, I looked up a walkthrough because it's like, how was I meant to know this? It's not, so, I don't think it's anything in the manual. Right. But it's just like, you have to figure this out. It's like, how would I, I even notice this? You know, it's like, and that's like on the critical path, not even to get like a true ending and stuff. So I don't know. Tunic is a it's a hard one. It's a, it's a game that I very much liked because I thought the manual thing was different. I don't think it's. I think it's something that's you know can probably only be unique to a game that's completely designed around it and it works for the most part in this case I don't know if it would work in any other case or I think yeah, it's, so I, I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't recommend this you know other developers just doing this for the sake of it this game obviously had that idea from the ground up and it isn't just anything like throw away the game's built around that manual and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah so just um, just if you want to give the listeners if they haven't played the game or, or heard us talk about it just a quick yeah couple minutes on what we mean by the manual and getting around the world and, and, and... yeah it's a it, tunic is a zelda like it's a um it's an isometric 3d game where it plays a little fox it's mostly action oriented you, you've got like a sword and stuff but it does a lot of things with perspective where say there is you can get to a completely advanced part of the map but you don't have that prior knowledge to get there because it could just be okay you pick up one of these manual pages and it just it just filling in a manual like in the options menu like you expect to find you know 
they, yeah, so it's like a, pa- it's like a paper manual yeah. from from mm-hmm. games of our youth, right? So yeah. it has all the in in like fragments of the map world, uh, and um, like the like how to do moves, and you learn how to do stuff yeah. um, based on it, everything is written in this kind of like is it runic kind of language or whatever. So none of it is in English. So you're basically looking at the pictures and deciphering and what they mean. And sometimes there's like handwritten notes in them, which is like mm-hmm. one of those touches that immediately like won me over to the idea. Cause it felt like just like you had your Elden Ring list, which is mm-hmm. on your phone. When we were young, you used to just write, write on a scrap piece of paper. If you were OCD enough not to want to write on the manual or you write on the manual, yeah. right? <laughs> and it, it, it's so well done in evoking yes, that yes, feeling. Yes. Yeah. And these little notes, either, you know, those that were written by, you know, fake third party or, or the games manual itself, you're trying to glean things from that. So something as simple as how to upgrade your stats is one of the manual pages. It's like, hold down A at this particular statue and you'll be able to trade this item that you picked up but you don't know what it is prior to that and now you can upgrade your character and stuff and like that. And it took that, me so. a depressing long amount of time to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the thing. It's like... You, you have to know that... that... I mean, first of all, I mean, you have to know that it's like... The, the manual is essential because in any other game we're just trying to think like oh yeah that's probably just a collectible you know I'll get an achievement when I get thirty of these or whatever yeah. but it's like no that is a crucial part of the game I don't think they I don't think that was known pre-release I no, thought everyone it, thought it, it was, was like a, a Zelda like I, I think know. I think it's reasonably well telegraphed um by the game but like I said yeah. it took like basically once you make a discovery in the ma- a discovery in the manual, it kind of makes it very clear that there's other things to find. Um, yeah, but, but, but how long it takes to it, it as well? Sorry, where it's like it's different levels to that because sometimes it's just like okay, you you think like okay, this is just like the mechanics it's telling me, but it's you know the, that I'll need to get through the game. But it's like no, there's other secrets in it and stuff like that. So it's like very it's a lot of different layers. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, just on not on the like how you felt at the end of the game, but just on that mm-hmm. notion of sort of drip feeding you not only just information but the le- levels of information that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, in contrast with um, like like for example, Elden Ring, where it's it's like. There are details on the map that you can learn and figure out what they mean in the world, but that's like mm-hmm. it's a map. You can be a Dill the cartographer, or you can be Lucy the explorer, <laughs> and you're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus Ubisoft, it feels like we're on this spectrum um, where Tunic is kind of the cartographer slash decoding game where you that like the that's a main mechanic is figuring out how much information and what the information is in that's being presented to you. Uh, and and clearly from our conversation, I thought Elden Ring was much closer to that, but clearly mm-hmm. like, you you don't have to be... You can engage with it to a level 
but you don't. And I think part of the reason why that, like, we both have very different approaches to the map in Elden Ring is because so much of the joy of that game is that the world feels unique and explorable, and you can explore with a map or not. Because uh-huh. at the end of the day, I'm using the map to be like, is there something this way? But I could sometimes, but like, I also sometimes just wander around and like, oh, where am I? And you just, your primary method was just more of the latter. And like, that works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think it just comes down to another version of like design, though, whereas Tunic is a very unique specimen and it's it's hard to compare it to most other things. Um, I'd say it's probably more like The Witness in, in a sense that when you've developed this sense of language of like what the game's trying trying to tell tell you what to do that's when things become apparent but there's just far more roadblocks in the likes of tunic it's like if you don't see something you don't understand can't decipher what the map is trying to tell you or you you know it's just far easier to get you know just 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 a roadblock in that game um like the witness compared to something right. like Elden Ring. It's like, yes, there's a roadblock in terms of the skill level maybe in Elden Ring, but you can still go over you want in the map and it's like well, and, and that's kind of the best part is like sure you can't redo the dungeons. Which I I that's the like the the only thing that I would like that entices me about like um New Game Plus. New Game Plus would be it be be like, mm-hmm. oh, I would love to try and fight that boss again but like so far mm. there's been like like the the like stone dogs there's like four or five of them in the game and so i'm dogs. getting I'm i get... never want to fight those no, again they're, they're such scary they're but scary um Ooh, but like goodness. there's still like there's enough repetition slash growth of of boss type or sometimes they show up as non-boss enemies that mm-hmm. i i feel like i'm getting enough of that oh right I, what was that pattern how is this one different? That's good enough for me. I don't need to like come back and be like, ah, I have this God tier build. And even if you have twice the health, I'm just going to smack you down. Like, I I don't feel that, but I do like there, I do get it. Right. Like I get the, like, Oh, that was a fun boss battle. I wish I could just repeat it. Yeah. I love that game. Cause it was (laughs) the most F you kind of like, uh, creature that, just springs to mind is you know those birds with like like daggers t- uh, wrapped around their feet you, you mean that you the mean castle. the raptors the raptors with the sword right like yeah the, yeah the birds of prey yeah yeah, yeah. and it, 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 when you first see them it's just like okay these will stab me up and then it's just and then it's like one that's hidden around a corner and it's like just got the exploding barrel. And yeah, this drop, tries to drop on you <laughs> yeah, and then stab yeah. you as you get up. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, I love that game because it's just like, okay, this enemy is already like, oh f you, and yeah. then it, and then they just ratchet it up to be like, oh no, double f you. <laughs> yeah. The point is, I love how sadistic that game is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, it's and it, what makes it work is the balance, right? Of, yeah. Um, there's just enough fuck you, but there's always a way. Like it's just a matter of figuring yeah. it out. And as soon as you get on board with that, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. And mm-hmm. I think what makes me like it in a way that I think I would have struggled. Like now, I think I could play some of the 
linear versions, uh, linear from software games, because I get. I don't know if thing. I could. Well, at least I could give it the old college try. But the reason why <laughs> it works so well with Elden Ring is because I could just fuck off somewhere else. Yeah, that's what I like. I don't like bashing my head over and over again. Um, well, like the only thing that I was ever jealous about people being able to play those games and me not because I get too frustrated. It's just seeing the enemy designs. I've always loved the enemy designs. It's like. Just give me an art book of Bloodborne. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's, it, <laughs> Maybe I'll try especially it. Especially but... Bloodborne. It's 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 like uh-huh. it. I think it's the more unique of their. I guess uh-huh. Sekiro, given that it's in a very different setting. But like, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's got it that that slightly more gothic than yeah the rest. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, um, I think that's a good place for us to. To stop, uh, did you have any last thoughts on your beer? Uh, no, it was very good. It was um, typical Zaire beer. Um, just been craving it. Just, I think the 5.8% helps. That it's like, that it didn't feel the need just to smash it back, even though I could have. Mm. Um, nice bit of body to it, so just easy to sup on over time. But yeah, just typical Zaire beer, just very nice. Um, a bit more bitter, I'd say. Uh, bitterness. Um, like piney, resinous, like kind of notes to it, mm. more so than their more fruitier offers. But I think I think they've been going to this, haven't they? But um, this yeah, I I think some of the most recent de- day of beers have tasted a bit more vegetal, rather mm. than like, you know, just nice balance of fruit and pine pineiness and bitterness. This didn't have that at all. This this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say quality beer, because all of their beers are quality, And um, but I think a lot of the more recent Dea, Dea beers have just been a bit bit less... It's, it seems like they have less care put into them, and mm. I don't mean that as a as a slight on the brew, and this, as if they haven't put more care into it, but this seems like they've got the balance right. You know, some of the others that I've had in the past, more recently. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I recall the last few bit... days you've had it. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's one of the things where it's like you you want to be um, iterating all of the time. And so sometimes mm-hmm. you go through a stretch where you, you don't quite nail it. And that doesn't mean that you, you've been phoning it in. It means that the thing you've been trying is taking some time to yeah. figure out. And it sounds like what you're saying is what this is. is a figured yeah. out beer. Yeah, because it's like going reverting back to type. And like right. their type is a very good, well balanced beer. Whereas maybe you're right. It's like uh, they have been putting out a lot of beers, and not all of them have hit. Some of them absolutely have. Some of them been real nice. Like I think I had one of the was it a lager, the mosaic lager or something like that. I can't remember. Oh. But that was very nice. And um, yeah, so, some some are hitting, some aren't, which is not something I thought five years ago i'd say about data but yeah i remember the first one you had on the pod that wasn't quite hitting and all three of us were kind of just like Mm. what like ben and i were definitely like what do you mean it's not yeah 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 do do you have covid is your taste what happened oh thank christ i didn't lose my taste last week by the way oh good yeah would have gone mad being in my my room having to mask to use the bathroom and not being able to taste the minimal God. things that I was eating. I mean, I I ordered, I get, I did a like two for one 
pizza, large pizza for like two yeah. and a half days. That was my meal. It's just like fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> if there's any time just to be exactly. a slob. <laughs> it's called Monday. Monday is slob. Yeah, yeah, yes. To be fair, uh, you don't have to be a slob to order two pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> That's just. I mean, it's a, a just thing economical. you should do in life. It was the same price as yeah. one pizza. Pizza's good food. Yeah, yeah. Even and speaking of pineapples, I mean pizzas. Um, <laughs> the uh, I love lamb. Uh, pineapple have a bison. I am happy to report that I did. My suspicions were correct. I did get used to the pineapple, and it did make mm -hmm. it feel a little more beery by the end. Uh, I also Good. think I missed that it was five point five percent, and I think that helped um, give it a bit more of a creamy texture. A little more viscosity and and kind of round out that acidic pineapple taste, and so the, those malts had some space to grow into the beer. Which again, for half of ice, and I didn't think I'd be like, ah, oh, malts, but that was, I think, really integral that I got that maltiness because it felt more like a beer by the end and less like yeah. I at no point did it taste like an aquapop, but it definitely tasted like a thing that was pineapple flavored. And by the end, it was like, yes, like I still have this pineapple aftertaste. I will for probably 10 minutes after we stop recording but it does i no longer like my sips were no longer yes this is a pineapple drink yeah good so, yeah. good because a lot of pineapple beers can be very disappointing and just fades you can't even taste it so exactly yeah that's good in that sense yeah um if people wanted to tell you why you're wrong about pineapples and pizza how would they do that <laughs> at juicy loose nine pretty much everywhere uh, and I'm at the Omniarch, and you can find us at Tanked Up Cast on um, Twitter and Instagram, and you can find all of the things that we do here at Out of Lives Network at outoflives.net or Out of Lives Network on Facebook uh, and YouTube, where there are no VODs, podcasts, etc. Uh, there's a bunch of us who do articles and game reviews and all kinds of pop culture nerd media stuff so check out outoflives.net if you're watching us on the YouTubes don't forget to like subscribe all those things and uh, tell us your favorite thing to have pineapples with it can be chunks it can be dessert it can be pizza it can be beer but is it let us know in the comments <laughs> uh, yeah, and that'll do it for us uh, we've been tanked up yeah, maybe Ben will be back next week, but who knows? Yeah, we he will has, be. He's with he's with child. Yeah. Yes, we will be. Oh, as long as the world doesn't burn down. But yeah, bye. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>